Well, welcome everybody. Welcome to Pure Cringe, a Bravo Liberty book club. We are two longtime friends, book lovers, and Bravo TV superfans. We're happy to have you join us as we review books written by Bravo stars and rehash some of the greatest and trashiest moments in Bravo TV history. I am Maria McQuaid. And I'm Michelle Barczkowski. And, and we're doing uh, Bad Mormon today uh, by Heather Gay. Super excited about it. Uh, Michelle, you said that you had a hard time getting this book. I, I actually listened to it. Uh, God, the, God loves you, Heather. Process? You got you. Your book is on is on back order for years at like the Minuteman Library Network. Which I don't know. There's like 50 libraries. None of them had it. They have three um, of those books, and there's 400 people in the area who want uh, them. Yeah. No, they actually had like a lot, a lot, a lot of copies, and they're all really. Like, yeah, they were all on hold like before it came out. Like it was. Um, Jesus. It was oh, kind of crazy. Yeah. I looked like I could look at like the back dates of it, like when, when they were ordered. And then, um, and then uh, I went to like a couple of bookstores and they didn't have them. And then Amazon, like, you know, it could be delivered in like, you know, a couple of weeks. So in the, in the interest of um, just getting it done with, I actually um, just listened to it and, you know, and I had it on real fast because she talks too slow for me. Um, I think I had it on point like, six. One point six. You beat me. I'm one point four. One point five. Is it awful? <laughs> no, I think we speak fast. I think this is the thing. So I'll bet like there are some people who would listen to us and have to slow it down. Um, <clears throat> to which I would just say, speed up your fucking brain. So, yeah. Sorry. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> to which I would say sorry, but really fast, so that you wouldn't know what I was saying. Yeah, and, and, sorry, and but you're wrong. <laughs> sorry, but you're wrong. We speak perfectly. Yeah, I that's honestly, you could knock me over with a feather, Michelle. I'm not kidding. I'm surprised. Not that I'm surprised that it would be successful. I mean, I think all Bravo books are successful because Bravo, right? Right. But I, this one, I, I mean, for it to be that big, that it would be hard for you to get almost anywhere um yeah I mean I suppose I could have like really like you know gone and like scoured the bookstores for it you know but um <laughs> but but, but I didn't well it was still like so much time that I have you know like and if I put it off then like I just wasn't gonna go get it and I'd have like a day to read it so you know it was sort of in the interest of time but um yeah I I, I don't know if it had to do with relatively speaking like what else is out there from Bravo like that was recently published if people were just thirsty for you know or bravo lady to post her life to to make good yeah i mean i also think a big part of it has to do with the particular franchise that she's on as well um yes and we'll, yeah, and we'll get to that we'll get to that i'm I'm curious did you though you watched uh, uh salt lake city real housewives of salt lake city correct i did i did i don't think i like watched the reunions um but i did watch like i did watch the um yeah the episodes and um, I, you know, I guess um, I like her book better than I like her on the show. Um, <laughs> she's very interesting, you know, like I, I, uh, I, I don't, like, there's just something about the show that's just like a little lacking and I, I it's a little dry. Um, yeah. And I don't know what they're going to do without Jen Shah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, so for those of you that don't know who, who Heather is, Heather, um, and it's funny, I didn't realize how old she was. No, I, I had no idea. So she is, uh, she's 48. Yeah. I, I, I was and surprised. I, she looks was, great. She does look great. She, her lip treatment though, she does too much at her 
she got that perfected lip treatment that she does at her spa, her med spa. Oh, the mini, the mini lip yeah, thing. The mini. Well, she's gone like grande with hers. So I think she could back off a little. <laughs> but she she does look good. She looks she looks great. And I I um yeah, and I guess thinking of how much she's actually done in her life, it makes sense that she's that old, right? So I it and again, like I think like all the cool stuff that she's done. Uh, it just doesn't come across on the show. And I think that's one of the things that's interesting about Bravo is you look and you think, oh, these ladies are all so drama and trashy and whatever. But if you, I, so I think it's good that they publish their books because they're all very accomplished. And it's like a, it's a reminder of, you know, gal's got it going on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a legitimizer too, to a certain extent, right? Like, so, you know, Heather has made her career um, you know, as and we know her from Bravo as the owner of Beauty Labs. So she's yeah. very, very successful there. It's interesting to me, though, that um, we don't really learn a lot about the business or about her on the show. No, that's why I was kind of excited too to to read this. I wanted to dive a little bit more and sort of figure out like how this Mormon lady became this, frankly, beauty mogul in a place that I would never think would even sustain a business like that. Exactly. I mean, I'm really, and I think that's part of like what was not wicked interesting to me about some of like the the Salt Lake City was just you know what what is it about these ladies that you know because there's a lot there's a lot to them. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah, I digress. Yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. No, no. So, you know, yeah, I just I just to fill in a little bit more about Heather, who she is. She's got three kids. Um, she was married to was it Billy, her ex husband's name? Yep, Billy Gay. Billy, Billy Gay. Royalty, um, Mormon royalty. Royalty, he is Mormon royalty. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, Billy Gay's is it great great grandfather was the bodyguard for Howard Hughes. Oh, that's right, that's right. Um, yeah. Which was actually, honestly, to me, one of the more interesting parts of the book. But Heather yeah. lives, I think, in a part of Salt Lake City called Holiday, um, and she and uh, the other members of the cast started, uh, I think, filming on Real Housewives of Salt Lake. I think back in, I think it was 2018, yeah, 2019. Um, so the show's relatively new. So it's not like she's been a housewife forever. I think she's one of the 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 first housewives to do it so quickly to to you know set themselves up as a, a legitimate writer so quickly um, yes. after they started. I mean, this is basically at the end of her her second season or third season. So it's it's pretty impressive for that too. Um, but I I actually liked Heather before I read the book, um, I felt like she was coincidentally coming off of, off of the previous podcast we did very much like Bethany, the way that we think about her is like the people's housewife, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's our representative in the housewives. I felt like that Heather was our, was our representative in, in Salt Lake city. Yes. Um, yes. And she seems very, very everyday mom. Yeah. And she, she's a everyday mom. She's very relatable. Um, and I guess, again, like going back to like, I just didn't know like how successful her business was because she's obviously got like a boatload of money. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, because she has, she has a ton of money. She's, and she even, you know, alludes to, you know, some stuff in the book about, you know, going shopping and, and buying tons of stuff. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize she was making that kind of money. But I, I think, I think she was doing well. And I think she's, she's, you know, I think what we would call a, you know, in this part of the country, like a hustler. Right. Like she, oh, she works hard. Girlfriend hustled from way back in the day. And that's yeah, from birth, loved. it seems like. Yes. And she loved it. She also loved it. But I also like I'm just really curious. I think like, OK, she hustled. So 
um, did she sleep? Did she eat well? Did she get to work out or did she care about those things? I don't know. Did she keep a clean house? Did she have a housekeeper? Did she um, organize her kids' clothes? I, mean, I wonder about all these things that, uh, yeah, you know, because she also loved like throwing parties and like attention to detail, which I was all over that because I love that. But I just kind of wondered like, because everybody has their own thing that like they prioritize. So I'm just kind of curious, like, I know what I would prioritize. What what did she prioritize? Because she just kept hustling. And it didn't matter, like, if it did well or didn't do well. Um, but I also kind of looked for her photography. And I really couldn't find much of anything. Um, that sucks. I was going to ask you about that. Because that, that I think, was one of my my favorite parts of the, of the book. And what I liked about the book was that I liked that it was broken up into those sections. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, it was like, you know, it was like, it was like bad child. Yep. Bad, yep. you know, bad, bad missionary, bad, bad wife, bad Mormon. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I loved that she sort of broke it down. So that there was the section of like her getting into photography and then they had a, she and her husband had a business together. It was called like new Navu or something. And all I kept thinking of was the fuck a new zoo review the new zoo review yeah <laughs> coming right at you um and so yeah i i loved i loved that about the book i liked i did find it a little obnoxious though michelle and i don't know if you noticed this that a lot of the the um chapter titles were song titles yes they were. <laughs> and you know at first i was like and you know so i have a lot of notes right so and like literally like chronologically i start writing like first thing i write is like songs chapter titles ugh yeah right Yep. Um, and there are a couple of times where I was like, oh, fuck off, Heather, seriously. And uh, I was like, yeah, I get it. You're trying to be like, like relatable or something or pithy. Um, pithy. I wasn't. Yeah, I, I was. I did. Like the she's I, a bit twee, right? Yeah. She's a bit, she's a bit. And it's a bit like on the nose. And yeah. and I I. I did like the fact that like she was trying to be relevant, but I felt like a lot of it was very like, oh, get the fuck out of here, please. Yes. And, and I think I wouldn't have been I friends with her because she would be like one of those friends who was always trying really hard to be relevant. Yeah. And I honestly, I draw the line. So I actually wrote down like the point at which I was like pissed. Okay. So yeah. which is when she used, I got so high that I saw Jesus okay. because number one, <laughs> I fucking love that song. And I will not have it maligned. Do you know that song not. by Noah Cyrus? <laughs> yeah. I love that song. So I was like, is she fucking serious? Like, that is so, like, come on. And it came um, through, like, a lot. She had those little twee things or yeah. song titles or, like, throughout. And I was like, okay, let's just write. Let's, can, can you yeah, seem like, to okay. be a good writer? Can you use some different words? Could you paraphrase? Does it have to be exactly? Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and there were a couple of things, like, um, things that she did and I and I, I overall I liked the book yes. um but there were a couple of things that she did that like that drove me crazy with the titles also if she said Mormon flex one more time one more uh, I yeah. I was going to lose it I just wanted to go like those two things those are not things those are diametrically opposed there's not a person alive who's ever thought that a Mormon had anything interesting about them trust but and believe I think Mormons like feed that shit too you though like you know yeah. like like that they feed the like how cool is this them. yeah like they think they're really really cool and i you know we're here in new england <laughs> we see yeah. things differently <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you know here's the thing it's like i well and the reason why i even say this is i think to myself like i was raised catholic i'm not super religious but i think i would never say 
Catholic flex, like it would just never be a thing. So the idea that someone would say Mormon flex to me was just like, it was abhorrent. I was like, because I I think we want to be as far away from the Inquisition as possible. I mean, I'm embarrassed about that shit. So I, you know, I'm just like, yes, I was raised Catholic. We don't have to talk about it. But (laughs) (laughs) exactly. I've gotten over it through many, many years of therapy and Yes, you know, some shame is not stuff. in my vocabulary anymore. So right. yeah, right. it's just a tattoo I have across my chest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I liked the info about her early life. Um, I would have liked it to get into. I, you know, I'll put it this way: if this was a, a like a a movie, I would have said, "Can we condense the first half hour down to like twelve minutes?" And yes. and so for me, I would have loved to have get gotten to a little bit more of the meat. But some stuff that I found really interesting was the fact that I really do feel like she was, you know, spilling the garbanzos on, oh God. Yeah. on some of the stuff in the church, especially like when she was going to be, was it consecrated in the temple? Yeah. And she talked about all the weird shit, like those undergarments. Yeah. The wackadoodle um, undergarments. And, and, and the, I did not know about that. Did you know those were, I knew about, I knew about the magic underwear because I (gasps) I went to grad school with, um, these two girls. So cultured, Michelle. They were both, um, ex-Mormons because we're lesbians. They can't be Mormons anymore, right? Kids go to college. You'll meet so many interesting people. But they were, they told me some wackadoodle things that like I never knew. And they had a hard time still talking about it because it was, they were sworn to secrecy. So yeah, there were a lot of things that they would say and they'd almost, they were really cool girls, but they were just like, they would almost giggle with like the fact that like they were divulging this information. Um, but yeah, so I did know about that. I didn't know about the, the. The, the the patriotic the patriarchal grip what the fuck you didn't know about that I didn't it know sounds like a hand job variation it really does it really i'm telling you like you're in like a little peep show right this is <laughs> see, see what see what you see what your husband says try the patriarchal grip yeah. <laughs> my husband loves when i do that <laughs> your husband lives under the patriarchal grip right he now does. he's like let's put the veil on and i'll get he's a fucking handmaid give me the he himself as a handmaid <laughs> But yet, like, so, like, that stuff was completely new to me. Like, I, I mean, and I like to think I know a little bit about religions. I even read um, Under the Banner of Heaven years ago. Yeah. Oh, yes, that was a good book. Yes. And, but that was much more about, like, the more fundamentalist sect, right? Yeah. So much more yeah. like the Warren Jeffs and all of that stuff. So not necessarily about the, I guess what I would consider classically, I'm doing air quotes to nobody, but like a classically Mormon um, perspective. Yeah, I did not know anything about that entire thing, like behind the veil and the holes. I was freaking out, that, by the that, way. That freaked me the fuck out, Maria. That During was like, that. Yeah, that was just like, and that to me, all I could think of was like, you know, like the super conservative religions that like, you know, put the sheet with the hole over the over the woman, you know, so that they can like, you know, consummate the Oh, marriage. like the Amish? As yeah, and like check the, if there's the blood. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, God. I mean, it harks back to that sort of thing. So, I don't know, it was really... It was really weird. And she, I, I don't know, she was so proud to do it for her parents and her community. And, you know, but then, but it was funny because I, like me with being Catholic, I was always on the edge of like, this is not really working for me, you know, as yep. a kid. Um, and I'd sit there and I'd have all these questions for like, you know, what the priest was saying. <laughs> like, can you prove that for me? And I think she was always kind of on the edge as well. Yeah. And I think honestly, I think for some of us too, like, you and I went to Catholic school. Like I went to Catholic school my entire life. And so I think my parents were expecting a little bit more of a, like leaning towards a Heather Gay level of um, 
ad adherents, but I can see how she was, I mean, she had come from a long line of people who had done this very thing. But what I still can't get over is the fact that nobody gave her, like there wasn't coaching for it, like before it happened, like, like there wasn't a thing that was like, so here's exactly what's going to happen. First this, then this. I mean, honestly, well, I was as a kid, right? There was none of that. Like there was like that for Holy Communion. She, she had to kind of be naked. Yes. Which, and no, she had no idea. Um, yes. I was actually stunned, just as an aside. One of the things that I think is interesting is how involved women are in the Mormon church, far more than Catholicism, um, at least up until the last 30 years, mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, um, which but I thought but, was interesting. But I didn't, but I don't think she knew how involved they were either. You know, I mean, I, I think she knew. Had no clue. They, like they were involved in like the sort of the backbone of like, you know, we're going to get the slow cooker going and put the parties together and shit like that. Yeah. But like if for the actual ceremony prep. The religion. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, oh, and I I'd be so I, mad at my parents. Would you? Would you flip the fuck well, yeah, out? Like, what would the ride home be know. like? I mean, what would the ride home be like? Would you be like on the ceiling of the car, like freaking out, going like, I had to be naked in front of people. I had to wear, I, I wore the wrong, wrong bra. Why didn't you tell me? Well, that my parents would even let me do that. That just wouldn't even happen. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? They'd be, oh yeah, they no it's just that's that's crazy and i yeah no my parents at least like you know we had like ccd did you have to go to ccd before no because i only went to catholic schools okay so you got that so, in catholic school yeah so what I got, yeah unfortunately <laughs> so what i got was like a ccd classes before holy communion and then before confirmation yeah. and then you know and then catholic college was i don't know the nuns were very groovy in catholic college so i you know i don't know they were cooler than the lay people <laughs> Well, you know, it's, I think it's different too. Cause it's, I mean, I had no idea that there were so many weird, excuse me. There were so many weird to me, unusual to me, right. R rituals around the Mormon church. I had no idea that there were all those like secret handshakes. Now I'm envisioning like some seventies movie with like people trying to do special handshakes, but like the part that freaked me out, honestly. And when she said it, like, I was like, as soon as I heard her say the sentence, I was like, <gasps> what's that about? And I, I, I feel like I was holding my breath almost until she talked about it and explained it, which was a long time. It felt like, which was the breath mints, Michelle, the breath mints, the certs, right? I was so thing? freaked out. I'm like, what is going to happen to her that she needs to fuck on her fresh breath? I was just like, what's going to happen here now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my I mother, couldn't imagine. If my mother had hounded me about that. I would have been like, is it because I smoke? Is that why you're telling me? Because you think I yes. Because <laughs> it would have been. Yes. It 100% would have been. But that, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like with her, like I I couldn't imagine what the reason would be, right? Um, and it why is nobody much, telling like, her? Like why is nobody telling her? Like I just and, and she was mad. She was. Is it Scientology? Like what is it? I don't I don't understand. It feels a little Scientology-ish. I, I it, it is. But you know what was interesting is um as I had read long ago that um the FBI loves um to hire mormons um because they are family people and they kind of are able to like compartmentalize things very easily and now i know why because they got these weird ceremonies and secret handshakes and shit and her dad was in the fbi wasn't he yes isn't that interesting yeah so i thought that I did was not really know that funny. see if i were to make like a like a show on her book a lot of it would be centered around her dad being in the fbi <laughs> Well, I honestly, when she said that, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, how interesting. Russian they, counterintelligence. They wow. love, they love the Mormons because they're just, they've got very 
strict rules, you know? I mean, you know, let's face it, as a Catholic, right? We lie about everything. So, <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> well, we're used to, yeah, we're, we're used to that not being as big a deal as it probably should be. Well, let's say right. it like that. <laughs> it probably well, should be a bigger deal than it is. However, yeah, but I think like they're just, they're, they're, it, it, the, the Mormons are, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, you know, you try to do all you can do to just never talk about it. And if you do have to talk about it, then you like work really hard to like circumvent it and make it about something else. I have to be honest. I just still can't believe that it feels so much like a, I mean, I know that people say they talk about like a cult, but I don't even, I don't even think cult is the word I'm looking for. Is it? Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I feel, it feels like, like, is it the Boy Scouts? Like a little bit too? Like there's a special handshake. Yeah. There's it, all these it's levels. A, it's the, it's, it's a makey yuppie it's, religion is what it is. It's a makey yuppie. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, is it completely fabricated or is it, I mean, well, I don't really know anything it, about it. It is in Maria. And I don't know, like, I'm sorry, but Jesus has enough fucking fans. He doesn't need the Mormons. So I just, yeah. I. <laughs> Jesus doesn't need your membership. He does not. Really what we're does saying. not. Jesus was not really exclusive like that. I have to go back to Catholic school thinking that, you know, Jesus was warm and fuzzy and he was cool about everything. And <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing, like, and I, I respect the fact that through all of this stuff, like while this was happening, which kind of also I was impressed by secretly was that while she was going through all these things where it was like, I didn't know what was going on, but I kind of just had faith. Yeah. And, and I did it. And yeah. I kept thinking like, wow, like she's an incredibly, I, I don't think she gives herself any credit for, you know, what an incredibly disciplined person she is too. Very disciplined. But, yeah. And I think that's why I was, I thought it was cool when she became a missionary. And then honestly, when she went to France, I was like, oh, fuck. Because I thought to myself, like, oh, God, like, that would be like the worst thing that would have ever happened to me would have to go to France and, and with my it. D plus, with my D plus French. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, I am so, um, impressed by myself because when she was talking about having the, um, what was it? The, uh, the instructor, the French instructor who they really liked, I forget what his name was, but it was like prayer something, brother something. Oh yes. And, yeah. and they were watching him and he wrote il new regard. And I went, I know yeah. what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy it reinforced everything we went through with mr dooley <laughs> for those of you who don't know michelle and i went to high school together um and we took french together and our french teacher's name was mr dooley way, um, way, way. He, was a, he was not a pure uh a parisian french speaker but a french canadian so it was a very elongated way rather than way. Um, it also reinforced my uh reconnection with duolingo so check that off too um <laughs> But yeah, I, I will say, I, I, I think that um, it, when she came back from being a missionary and, and when she, that whole section where she was working in the tanning salon and, and all that stuff, I could, I, I could sort of kind of imagine her that way because she just feels incredibly driven to me, regardless yes. of what the thing is. Um, and then when she met her husband, I don't know, I felt very red flaggy about it. Um, I did too, but I would have liked her to go more in depth about why they were not compatible. But I will yeah. say one thing I do remember is she had that photography business with him and then he went and made some deal to sell it without, without her. her permission, which, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't understand that. That's not something that I come from. So, um, you, you know, like that would be like an agreement thing. Like, geez, we're really strapped for cash or gee, I'm sick of this. Can we move on? 
um, that would have been like a conversation with like between my parents, between me and my husband. I, do you know what I mean? Like going way yeah. back. I just yeah. that's not how things ever went for me. So um, I can't believe. So she, and she was just like, yeah. So I was really disappointed about it, but there was nothing I could do. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because I I feel like there's a a whole level of this that she doesn't really want to talk about. Um, yeah, and maybe maybe there was something there. I think she has, I guess, kind of the potential to, um, I don't know, I guess, save face for her husband. I will say. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good. And point. Uh, yeah. so I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not trying to say that, but it just sounded a little bit like that to me. Um, but I, I was very, I was very surprised that she married him so quickly. Yeah. And, and so, and I had a question, I have a question for you because when she says that she knew that day, right. She knew the day that they got married. Do you oh. think that that happens in real that, life? That she knew that it wasn't going to work. Yeah, yeah. That people know that like before they're going to get married and then they get married. And if so, what would be advantageous about that? Cause I, I think that does happen. Uh, well, from personal experience, um, I can't say that that's, um, <laughs> no no but i like have you ever heard of a situation where anyone said to you like i knew right away i knew the day that you know i knew even before we got married it wasn't gonna work i have i have heard people say that and i think what happens is uh you start making these plans and you think things are going to get better and then when you start planning a wedding every people get cranky during wedding planning because you're never going to do anything this crazy again um and so you're trying to involve all these other people and and make other people happy and make yourself happy and your future spouse happy. But then you, you both start acting like total dinks. And, and I think she probably saw that like he was uninvolved. Um, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So I think that does happen. Like when you plan a wedding, yeah. you, you see really like how someone's going to be in a partnership later on. And then you just like, well, shit, I've done it all now. I guess I'm just going to do it and hope it gets better. But it doesn't get better. And then you like would have a baby and hope it's going to get better. It's that kind of thing. Oh, right. And she tried to do that three times. And so you're saving face, basically. That's what it is. Um, you know, so you, yeah, we're planning this wedding and, um, you know, yeah, to just like suddenly like a call your wedding off is a really big deal. I mean, you know, you gotta come, come yeah. clean with everybody. Um, and then, you know, we've paid for things or at least put big deposits on. Them. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right, right, right. Like, yeah, yes, I because I've never been married, I don't even think about these things. Like, but there's a whole practical side of it too, well, where you is. would say, like, we've we've spent already so much money. Yeah. And I think like if you were just to elope and then, you know, that's like a different story. Cause it's like, well, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know. But I think when you when it and especially too, like where she's been programmed to say that like you're supposed to be married and have babies and contribute to society. I you know, I mean I, that was probably a really big deal. I would really like to know, though, exactly what didn't work. I guess I, I just, again, like you say, I think she's maybe for her kids' sake, she's um, yeah, not probably. saying a lot about her husband. Um, but and I also think too, I, she, I think we can infer too by the way that he was about money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think if we, I think we can infer. I mean, when she said that the company was his parents' company was worth like four hundred million, right? And she was on this really tight budget. Yeah. To me, that just means control. Yes. That someone true. is controlling you for control's sake. Yeah. So I feel like she was telling us as much as she can tell us. But oh, yeah. But I feel like she gave us 
you know, breadcrumbs. And I feel like when someone does that, when someone is weird like that about money, that's usually a control issue. I mean, especially if you have it. Yeah. If you don't have it, it's, you know, it is what it is. But if you have it and you have it in abundance, um, and it sounds like he used it to control her even when they were separating and that, you know, he had her on a very strict budget and he knew every dime that she spent and she had no idea what was going on with his finances. Um, And so it further reinforced, like she's, there's this duality with Heather, which is like the damsel, which was who she was at home, I feel like. Yeah. And then the, the boss lady, right. That she had to be when she was at work. Um, And to your point, maybe that's why it's good to hire Mormons. Maybe this is a a skill that they have where they can kind of play two roles, but I feel like, I feel like she was a little bit and I, I felt bad and I actually wrote it down. felt bad that when she says that she didn't tell anybody when they separated because she was ashamed. Yes. And, and I thought, because it's so very clear to me that it is because of of a, of things that he did. Right. Well, were, and I think he wanted her to be successful and go out there and make a lot of money and add to his pile. Um, yeah. But then he, you know, didn't want her to go, like, do anything with it. Or, you know, like, she yeah. loved having those, like, the parties for her kids and the photographs. And, like, that meant a lot to her. And, you know, I know I do a lot of things that, you know, Brian, my husband, thinks is a waste of time or a waste of money but (laughs) he knows it makes me happy and you know and I try to like keep it in check so that it doesn't go like ape shit and take over everything you know so I think it's it's a he's got lots of things he does that I you know don't love but I know they make him happy so that's you know it's it's a balancing and it's like a just a respect for one another kind of thing and I don't think he had that for her um so then she just went probably like pedal to the metal and just said, I'm going to go crazy with everything we do. That <laughs> was like her way of yeah. getting back. Yeah. It feels like that she, you know, almost the way that, you know, you control what you can. Yes. And I think that the things that she could control was the image that she projected, right. That, that, um, that card, the Christmas card. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she, again, she had a very different image that she projected with men. I actually wrote this down because I thought this was a really sad thing to say as a woman was that she didn't want to lead with qualities that men don't find attractive. Well, um, you know, I, and I, I don't think she's completely out to lunch saying that though, because I know there are a lot of women who act that way. And um, which I can't believe, which it was so, it was shocking to me. Yeah. It was as shocking as the magic underwear. Yeah. (laughs) It was as shocking as the magic underwear. Cause I was like, what, what? Yeah. and, and, you know, honestly, you know, what it made me think of is a lot of the work that I do, I, I, I use this assessment called the, as I see myself, I, I work oh. on organizational development and learning and development. So I, it's, it's this particular assessment has, it's a forced choice inventory and it's groups of four words or phrases. And you're trying to pick the one that matches most clearly or closely how mm. you see yourself. It's very interesting, but I found that sometimes people will have a hard time with certain answers they will shy away from ones that feel like that feel unattractive for them. So for example, one of them is one of the choices is dominant. And I've talked to a lot of women who say that like, sometimes they do feel that way, but they would never consider checking it off. Oh, really? Yeah. Or one was um, persuasive. This one woman didn't want to, you know, and I talked to her, I was like, so what do you do for work? And she's like, I'm a real estate agent. And I thought, you don't see yourself as persuasive. You see that as a bad thing. Then you don't make money, I guess, if you're not persuasive. I mean, but I think that it's so interesting that so many of us don't want to claim things that either we ourselves or we perceive that others will not find attractive. 
Interesting. Inter I, yeah, I, that's really interesting to me because I, I've never thought that way. In fact, yeah, like I, just, I actually just actively like didn't really care like what somebody thought about me. I'm a bad yeah. bitch. Okay. And <laughs> you are, I've known you all, I've known you almost all my life. Yeah. I you know. And I can confirm, like, I, I feel like it was not a thing where you would have ever behaved in a way that would have felt contrived. I, yeah, no. And I don't think you've ever acted that way either. And I, I think, but then I think to like other girls we went to high school with and they're very contrived. Um, so, and they yeah. still are, they still, mm -hmm. yeah, that's bless. <laughs> bless, bless, bless them and their reunion. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I loved also the transition to start talking about being cast by Bravo. Yes. Because that I, was really interesting. So wasn't that fascinating? Kind of the, she's the OG really. Right. So, yes. So interestingly enough, I felt like this entire fucking time that like the PR train has been saying to us, or like the producers have been saying to us, no, it's Meredita or no, it, it's, I love that. It's Lisa Barlow. Right. I, I never for one second thought that like, that, that Heather was Jill Zarin, right? Like she was, right. that she was the center of the group and to figure out how she met with all these people. Um, I will say, I feel like out of all of those little like intros to each of the, the ladies in the cast, I gotta be honest. I think that she kissed Meredith's ass. <laughs> like when she talked, I mean, she talked about how cool Meredith is and, and, Oh, and her son and Brooksy is, yeah. you know, he's bound to be a star and like all this stuff. And um, I just thought it was really funny. I actually wrote like, she's kissing Meredith's ass here. Um, but like, yeah. I, I, I loved the idea that like she had known Lisa Barlow forever. And now we can have this sort of like insight into why she was so freaked out that Lisa was like, I don't know her. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I hadn't put that together until you said it. But yeah, so, um, and I don't understand that either. But I know, I know, I know why she was freaked out. I don't know why Lisa said that. Um, so it's it's good that she came out and said that in the book. But I mean, she's like a mover and a shaker, right? And she's a she's a yeah. connector. She's a people connector. I loved that when she talked about Miriam Cosby, honestly, and one of my, you know, my, and not to sort of to blow my load, but I'm I'm so excited. That to say that Mary is coming back as a friend of. Oh, I love it. I, I, I love I, it. I loved her description of Mary. <laughs> I did too. Like I, that was the part where I was like, what? <laughs> I slowed it down. I slowed it down to 1.4. I was like, speak more about Mary, please. <laughs> Make it last longer with Mary. I know. I know. Like, Telling her she didn't like her outfit, that she was fat, that she was the ugliest of the, everybody. So she better shut up. Yeah. Oh, Terrible. But that just like, like, like the dinner that she sat down and had with her, right? Where she was just like total royalty and they were bringing her dishes and she was like, mm, no, no, no. I'm going to do that I with can't. you and Savannah. I'll bet. No, no, I can't. So, yeah, I didn't know she was coming back as a friend of. That's good because there aren't many gals left, um, right? I mean, they're not, they're, they're not like an abundant cast. Um, they're, they're dropping like flies. And interestingly enough, it's mostly the, it's mostly the, uh, people of color. So it, the first person to drop off was Mary to leave was Mary. Then Jenny had all those weird racist outbursts and she was a weirdo uh -huh. and her husband was creepy, almost forcing her to have a baby. I thought he was going to like incubate her and like make her carry a baby against her will. It was, yeah. he was yeah. like, he was like a, the guy in human centipede, like He's a science fiction dude that I don't want to be a part of, but, um, 
and then yeah, it's not okay they were kind of gross, weren't they? They were weird. Yeah, they had the only thing that was okay about them was they had this young daughter who was like this sort of like bright ray of sunshine and just super cute and you know, but the husband was just what was his name Dewey or something like that. He was the way that he talked about her and you know and and the way that he sort of dismissed her not maybe not wanting to have kids. He did it in a way that I found like really scary. Like I, I thought to myself, imagine if you were married to this guy and he said this about you. Yeah. Um, how you would feel. And if he said it on national television or international television, <laughs> um, like how how you'd want him dead. So, you know, I don't know, maybe I'd say weird, weird racist shit too, after somebody treated me like that. But she did. And so she was let go. And then Jen Shah. Yeah. Yeah. Jen right? Shah. Everybody else is white in the show, right? Well, yeah, which I, you know, to which be honest. Which of course does reflect Salt Lake City. It does going to say like I was surprised that there were people of color in Salt Lake City. So, you know, I th- I thought they were kind of salty yeah. white. That's what I thought. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are. But I, I'm I'm hopeful that they'll that they'll bring more people in. It's better, I think, to have diversity too. It's like I like I actually liked learning about Jen and um and her like Tonkin roots and and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, I I loved how the book ended, sort of on the up note with her introducing everybody in the group and sort of stepping into um I guess wanting to live her life more openly and I liked the fact that she said quite a few times she referred to it as coming out and I really do feel like it is like she came out as a as a as someone who is you know not going to do this stuff anymore but I love how it doesn't really affect her faith too right it yes she's able to keep her faith which is important and again you know regardless of how I feel about religion I think you know if it's something that is your past and it's you know, there's good memories from it. It wasn't like yeah. she was abused, you know, so there's a lot of good as well as weird, but, you know, so she <laughs> wants to keep that, that goodness. And I, and I, yeah. you know, and I, and I gotta tell you, there was, you know, a nun like that I'm still friends with from college. And I, she just used to say about religion, it's like fishing, Michelle, you cast your net and then whatever you pull in, if you want to keep it good, if you don't like it, toss it back. <laughs> tossing back what she doesn't want um and i think that's you know that's really good i mean she's she's very strong oh yeah and i think honestly she is one of the few i will say i think she's one of the few like bravo levities uh excuse me bravo liberties that i would say to somebody like yeah like you could you could build your you know business you know acumen to look like heather gay and and you'd be pretty successful you know you can't say that about maybe portia williams right like this is it's kind of a different kind of different vibe yeah oh yeah (laughs) kind of a different vibe yeah, um, definitely but no honestly so did you like the book what were you what do you think maybe you like I really like the like book. one to five I I would like one to five like one the high like what's the highest five the best five yeah, yeah five. Best. I would give it like an eight like I really liked it I thought she was I thought she was great um I loved her stuff about when she was little and how her parents treated her um they were you know with like the protective thing but they really like they they were very involved and they did a lot like for her like to you know like the thing with like the green bean casserole and how yes, they would yes. like put the recipe together because I do that I do that for my kids I would like they'd say we want to cook something um and I would put it out I'd take the dishes out and it like again I'd spend more time writing it out and taking the things out for them <laughs> then you know what I mean and then they would just get to go and like have that little a bit of independence and and do that and she felt like a she felt like a big girl right like she was contributing she liked it um, that was very positive. Yeah, I like the book too. And I, for the same reasons, I think that it's, 
it's rare that you see this like in a Bravo liberty where you're like, wow, yeah, I think, you know, I, you, you could tell your kids to look up to this person. They, you know, they work hard. She um, does. And I think, yeah. and I think she owned up to her, you know, mistakes that she made. I think it was a pretty fair and balanced book. Um, so I would probably give it, you know, out of five, I'd give it a four. A four. I thought, yeah. it, was, I thought it was, thought it was excellent. Um, I, I don't know that I would want to read the physical book though. I think that what made it for me was her narration too was good yeah so I don't know that I'd want to read the physical book but I did like the audio book um and you know she's yeah she's she's got you know she the only thing I will say that I was disappointed and it's really not even about the book but you know this recent sort of black eye gate thing that happened this last season yeah what what is that like I I I she she woke up one morning with a black eye and didn't know how she got it and on the episodes it was really weird either, and I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, either how it was edited or how she said things made it look like she did know, but she didn't want to say. She would say things like, we all know what happened, right? Like weird things. And so it turns out that during the reunion, she talked about it and said she didn't know that she got drunk and woke up with it and was embarrassed and didn't want to say anything. So she's saving face again. She's trying yes, to not Yes, so I think... Yeah. yeah. So I honestly, I think that that's a, a part of her character. So that's the only thing that I would say, like that, that bums me out a little bit, but I mean, obviously we all have character flaws, but um, that was like the big drama with her this season. But isn't the um, speculation there, that it was Jen Shaw? That, that's how she sort of laid it out at first. Everybody yeah. was like, oh, Jen must've, you know, um, and then some stupid, I forget who it was, but someone said it was like a scissoring accident gone wrong. Like, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's like, okay. Um, but before we go, I do want to tell you, she is in the news now. Um, oh. and I don't know if you knew this, that, um, she is suing, uh, or trying to sue the, uh, the Mormon church because they have effectively stopped her from selling merchandise with bad Mormon on it. They won't let her use the name. Oh, so I know that they were suing her. I like, yeah. I know that. Yeah. They're trying, they're, they've put an injunction together and they've stopped her. I think as of right now, I think she's fighting them in the courts. So, so she's not allowed uh, to like sell her book anymore or she can do the book, but she can't have, she was trying to trademark it and they won't let oh, her. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she, cause she wants to be able to sell all kinds of cool merch. Um, and so she can't do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Huh? So, yeah. All right. Yeah. But no, I think, I think this was a, a great book. I'm, I'm glad we did this one. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we had to wait a little bit because we had to wait for it to come out, but I'm glad we did this one. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to share about the book? You good? Um, no, I think, I think that, I think we covered it. I, I wish she had told us more wackadoodle things about the ceremonies. Um, maybe she told us all she could tell, but you know, cause she's sort of guarded that we know, yeah. you know, about certain things. So I wonder if that's as much as she felt she could divulge as I'd like to know more. Yeah, me too. It was an interesting subject. I'm, I'd love to do a little bit more research. I don't know how much of that is even public. You know, I don't really know how revelatory this book was in terms of, you know, was she telling us something that nobody knew? I mean, I knew it was stuff that you and I didn't know, but um, did other normal people know this? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought this was a, a great book. Um, thanks. Thanks, Michelle. This is a this is a great one. Um, yeah, this was fun. And what's next? What are we doing next? Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. We, uh, we trolled through those uh, shallow but always hilarious waters of Bravo Liberty books. Uh, and we will be hopefully uh, laughing our butts off together next time as we read uh, the big sexy, 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 sex book. So much sex. <laughs> By Lisa Rinna.
it's going to be a lot, you guys. I'm, I, I'm, it's, it's going to be hilarious, but it's, it's going to be a lot. I, Lisa Rinna is a tough one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I cannot wait to skewer her. Thanks everybody. Thanks.